your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Wilson in the backfield with Cephas Johnson. Now they go empty. Back to throw as Johnson has some time. Steps, throws, pass intercepted. Picked off by Eric Lee. 15, 10, Lee, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. It's a pick six by Eric Lee. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. You know, I didn't know going into this game that, you know, there's a lot of buzz around us. We're ranked in the top 25. We certainly didn't look like that type of team today, but we'll get it figured out. So first and five after the five-yard penalty on South. Football now at their 47. And Adrian Martinez pulls it back, throws it out to catch goal. 15, 10, Stoll gets ankle tackled about the five-yard line. Adrian in the shotgun gets the snap. Hands it off to Diedrich Mills, and this time he is in the end zone for a touchdown. So Diedrich Mills, his first court Husker, touchdown of Nebraska, takes the lead, 6-0. I think the way they ran to the ball and hit, I saw a lot of hats around the ball at the time. A lot of saw a lot of different guys doing that, and the fact they were a lot more ball aware and ball disruptive today, getting hands on balls and creating turnovers. The USA threatening to take the lead here. Johnson gets hit, fumbles, football's out, picked up by Nebraska. The Huskers, Lamar Jackson forces the fumble with the... Blitz off the edge, drilling the quarterback, and the Huskers take over at the 30-yard line. No, I really didn't, you know, change my mindset on anything. I kind of figured that I had to do a lot for this team because, you know, I try to go out there and bust my butt every day we go out there. And I told the team that I'm I'm willing to do any and everything to help this team win. So if I need to play six positions, seven positions, that's what I'll do. Back to throw, Johnson now going to tuck it, try to run, nowhere to go. Tap dancing in the backfield, rolling out to the outside. Colin Miller chasing. He gets hit and dropped. Oh, what a hit by Cam Taylor him back at the 18-yard line. That'll be a loss of a couple of yards. And USA is going to be forced to punt the ball away. Baker in motion to turn, hand it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Jojo Doman firing off the outside edge. It's a loss of three. It's fourth down at 11. Wilson in the backfield with Cephas Johnson. Now they go empty. Back to throw as Johnson has some time. Steps, throws, pass intercepted. Picked off by Eric Lee. 15, 10, Lee, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. It's a pick six by Eric Lee. I was really happy with the defense for the most part. They gave up a couple drives, but the defense won the game for us. Uh, the defense that I've been seeing all fall camp showed up today, got us the ball back, got some turnovers, scored on defense, scored on special teams. Good snap to him. Hangs one up. This is a pretty good kick. Spielman drifting over. Makes a backpedaling catch of the 25. Eludes attacker. He's got some room. 25, 30, 35, 40. Cutting back to the midfield. He's down the near sideline of the 40. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, J.D. Spielman from 75 yards. The variety we have in that room, how much we push each other, is fun. And just to see everybody, all the hard work everybody doing, going back out there, and it's showing on the field in the real game is even more is even more of a confidence booster. Um, I just can't wait to get back next week and get back to work and get ready for Colorado. Now it's an empty set. Brought back to Cephas Johnson. Gets hit. Balls loose at the goal line. Picked up. Grabbed by the Huskers. Touchdown, Nebraska. Hopefully we don't need to motivate our guys to go out and play Colorado for a lot of reasons. I think the fans are excited about it. I think the players are excited about it. So looking forward to next Saturday already. Well, game one in the books. Game one, a winner for the Nebraska Court Oscars. They beat South Alabama on Saturday, 35-21. to 21. Happy Labor Day to all of you. Hope you had a chance to get out and enjoy the final weekend of the summer. And hope you enjoyed Nebraska's win on Saturday. Wasn't perfect. Far from it. Lots of things to work on. But the good news is it ends up in a win. We're going to talk all about it through the next couple of hours of the program and would love your input as well. Phone lines are wide open for you at 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. You heard the coach. The defense won that game for Nebraska on Saturday, and that's okay. You're not going to be able to fire on all all engines offensively every day, and you need to rely on that defense. And, Ben, I know a lot of people probably walked out of Memorial Stadium hoping to see maybe more than what they saw Saturday. It's still a win. And we might have just witnessed Adrian Martinez's poorest game as a Cornhusker on Saturday. Yeah, I think uh, I've been asked a lot of times about what I thought about Saturday. And, you know, I think it can't be defined as just one simple statement. And, I, and that's the hard thing about the first game is everybody is going to start – 
you know, coming to conclusions and, and labeling the season a success or a failure or a particular player or scheme or whatever, a success or a failure. The, the fact of the matter is that this team did something that it took seven tries to do last year, and that's win a game. So that that's first and foremost. Um, I think – you know that's that's probably what I'm what I'm most concerned with is Nebraska winning the game. Yes, they were a heavy heavy favorite. Um, they did not score any style points doing it. I think the offense had. Uh, this might be a game that we circle. You know, in Scott Frost's first three, four, five years in Nebraska, being one of the worst offensive games that that he's ever had here, and and that, that's talking about in the future as well. I, I think you're going to be able to count on one hand how many times Nebraska's held under 100 yards rushing with Scott Frost as a head coach. I, I really believe that. Um, you know, I, and I, I don't want to come on here and say it's just one issue. You don't point the finger at the O-line. You don't point the finger at the center. You don't point the finger at the backs not hitting holes. You don't point a finger at the wide receivers not blocking. It's a combination of everything. And were some areas more frequent than others? Yes. Uh, too many high snaps, too many breakdowns up front. I thought Nebraska's backs could have been better. Uh, the, the situation with, with Mo Washington, you know, I think Nebraska's will now be more at full strength uh, with Coach Frost's comments after the game saying no further um, action is going to be taken on, on Mo until, you know, the situation is – there's more clarity on it. So that's that. Um, so it's really hard to sit here and uh, come up with just one overarching conclusion of what happened on Saturday. I think – I think however you feel is just fine. If you're disappointed, that's fine. If you're optimistic, that's fine. Like you're entitled to your own opinion, but don't start. I would advise you to not start putting labels on Nebraska season after one game, you know, let this thing play out a little bit. And I, I definitely don't think the defense is going to play that well every week. And the offense is going to play that poorly every week. So definitely a mixed bag. And I know everybody's really excited to throw out opinions because it's their first time getting to watch the team. Oftentimes, it's how we feel our, at our first practice. You know, when we go to our first practice, it's really hard not to walk out of there and want to go tell people everything that we see and, and say that this guy's going to be great, this guy's not going to be great, or, you know, the offense was really bad today, so I'm worried about that. That's You just got to kind of let it fester and, and let this thing play out. But, you know, ultimately, Nebraska's 1-0, and and I trust these coaches to fix whatever errors they saw, and there were a whole bunch of them on Saturday. I told both you and Nate, I said, imagine if, if it had been a great day for the offense, but a lousy day for the defense. I think we would feel much worse than what we do now because the concern was the defense. We talked about it in the opening drive Saturday morning, that for this team to get to where they need to go, they have to play much better defensively. And defensively, force five turnovers, get four sacks, have ten tackles for losses. Listen to the scoring drives for USA. Nine plays, 41 yards. Got a short field, took advantage of it. Good for them. Three plays, 13 yards. That was after the muff punt. Good for them. Longest scoring drive for them, 58 yards. That's a short drive, too, really. That's starting to drive at their own 42. Um, that was a six-play, 58-yard drive that pulled it within one score. Other than that, Nebraska's defense put the clamps down. And uh, just I felt so good for guys like Eric Lee, who comes off the bench after the injury to Deontay Williams and has his first two career interceptions. One he takes back for a touchdown. Cam Taylor, Britt, which is mm -hmm. now how he wants to be yep. called, I guess, um, had a, his first career interception. He had a big sack that forced the fumble that Alex Davis recovered for a touchdown. You heard JoJo Dolman in our opening highlight package made a handful of plays in a short period of time showing that he really wants to get himself a black shirt. There were just – there were a handful of kind of gold star performances on that defense on Saturday – that's where I'm going to choose to put my focus is what I saw from that side of the football, and that's the reason Nebraska won was because of that group. Yeah, and when I analyzed the defense, what I saw uh, when I watched the game back was I saw a plan put in place by South Alabama that completely tried to take away Nebraska's front seven defensively. How many quarterback counters, quarterback powers, you know, try and get slip screens, tunnel screens – South Alabama did not throw the ball down the field hardly at all. And I think they, they came into the game knowing Nebraska's front seven was going to be a big problem. And, and so, you know, I give, I give Coach Shenander a lot of credit and that front seven a lot of credit for having to completely get schemed around like that. It's, it's not often that you see that. Um, sometimes, you know, when you see those, 
you know, non-Power 5 teams, those those lesser conferences, when they come to places like this, uh, Troy last year the same way, they completely scheme around it, and, and they don't really play you, and I don't know that this is the right way to phrase it, but straight up. Like, Colorado is not going to throw – a whole bunch of screen passes at Nebraska because they're scared of their front seven. You know, they're going to go run their stuff. And and so I think we're going to get a, a much clearer picture on, on how good that group is, on how good uh, they are against a, a true offense in Colorado with, with dynamic playmakers. But, you know, the the slip screens, the tunnel screens, the, the QB runs, I mean, we didn't even really get to see – uh, you know, Nebraska against a, a full open playbook. And, and and likewise, I don't think Nebraska opened their playbook very much on the offensive side. So, you know, I think overall it looked a lot like a first game. And this is one game that puts in perspective to me that really, really wished we had the Akron game last year because this, this game is what the Akron game should have been. You work out all the kinks and get ready to go and, and buckle your chin strap for what's going to be a very good game next Saturday. Yeah. Never make – prognostications off of week one it just will come back and haunt you if you try to do that well look at all the teams around the country that that were sure were struggling mightily and and there were some that had very good performances too but there were a lot of teams that lost to not so good teams so it it does happen sure does and you know this team i think again if it was the defense that struggled i would be feeling much different today than than if it's the offense because i know what that offense is is capable of doing. I know what that offense can get cranked up and get can get going. There's a lot of great players on that offense. The little bit we saw of Wandale Robinson, I liked that a lot. And you're right on Maurice Washington sitting the first half. The offense only had 17 snaps in the second half, so he only got a handful of touches. But when he did, he certainly showed a burst. All right, here's what we have coming up on the program tonight. Coach Frost had a press conference earlier today. We'll play some of the clips of that coming up here in just a few minutes. Hour number two, it's our Mondays with Matt segment. Matt Davison, color analyst for the Husker Sports Network, will be along. We'll also hear from Cam Taylor-Britt. He's uh, added a, a name to his last name. Uh, we'll hear from him. He was one of the stars of Saturday's game. We'll have our weekend rewind at the top of hour number three. Adam Rittenberg will join us in hour number three as well from ESPN.com. He was on site for that terrific Oregon-Auburn game on Saturday night. We'll get his take on that and all the action from week one, some of the highs and lows that he saw um, as he studies the national landscape of college football. Here are the numbers. You want to join us, 866-HUSKER-1, 5371 Let's go to Milford and John. Good evening, John. You're on Sports Nightly. Hey, how we doing? Good. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, re- I honestly think they were looking ahead to Colorado because, and yeah, I, I think it's stupid when they were like down, what, third and 10, third, 15, third and 20. I'm throwing a pass behind the line of scrimmage. It just, I don't know. I just, I think they need to worry about the game that they're playing and not the week ahead. I think the defense sure did, don't you? Oh, yeah, the weekend kick butt. That's the best defense, Nebraska defense I've seen for a long time. And yeah. I just hope they can keep it up. Yep, they brought it. There's no doubt. John, appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't know. The look-ahead factor, it's week one. You're going to be excited to play your opening game of the year. I, I don't know that they were looking ahead to Colorado. I think they just didn't have a great – they just didn't execute on offense in a lot of different ways, and you just laid it out. But I think it, to just generalize the whole team – you can't say the whole team was overlooking those guys because the defense was terrific. Yeah, I mean, I talked to three of the players today, and the vibe I was getting was I didn't get a sense that they were overlooking anybody. And, and look, as we said, Nebraska – and another point that I wanted to bring up is not Nebraska was bad on first down. I mean, you put yourself – I don't care which offense you are. You put yourself in a really tough spot – when you're second and 10, second and 15, second and eight, and then you're having to, to throw it again on on, on uh, second down to put yourself in third and manageable, yeah, Nebraska was not very good at all on first down. And, and that's another reason why, you know, I, I, I believe the offense had a hard time getting going. The, really the one time that they were consistently not bad on first down was the opening drive, and they went down and scored. Hard to play from behind the chains. That's, you know, that's the thing you – and I mentioned this late last week that the, the for this offense to really go to get they need to get that first first down of a drive and then it kind of sets everything up and allows them to get into rhythm and to go 
And credit South Alabama. And Scott Frost said yeah. this today. He goes, they they had a very good game plan. They schemed it up. They did some things that Nebraska wasn't anticipating. And Scott Frost said, hey, part of it's on us coaches. We didn't we didn't counter their schemes a little bit. He goes, so we have to coach it better. And he goes, I have a lot of confidence on our coaching staff that they have a that they'll fix this thing and get it going. Yeah, I would be remiss if if we didn't point out and give some credit to South Alabama. I, I, I wanted to make sure to do that in that first segment. Their front seven defensively played very well, and specifically that three-man front on the D-line. That that might be – they might look back and say that was the best game they played all year. They yeah. did a very good job. I pointed this out on a broadcast that USA opened the 2016 season, so three years ago, at Starkville – and they beat Mississippi State 21-20. to I know they didn't have a very good year last year, but like Nebraska, they're now in a second year of a coach, and they, they certainly look better. I told their play-by-play guy after the game, you're going to win some games this year. Back to the phones we go. Larry, you're up next on Sports Nightly. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Good, Larry. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, just want to mention uh, Jack Stoll. Uh, really impressed me in the first half. Uh, he, he looks like a... Power five tight end. He's really put weight on, muscle on, and uh, they used him early in the game. I would like to have seen him maybe used a little more in the second half. I think it would have helped, but uh, just looking at him, he looks like a completely different player. A lot bigger, a lot stronger, and uh, that's good to see. I'll hang up and uh, listen to what you guys have to say. Yeah, I think you're absolutely dead on. I mean, I would have loved to see more Jack Stoll, too, and you know, the hard part then becomes with Nebraska's limited play count in the second half, I would have loved to say J.D. Spielman touched the ball more. I would have loved to see Conway Noah get involved. And I know they tried to get, hit Noah a few times, specifically down in the red zone. I wish a lot of guys would have got their hands on more balls. But I'm, I'm completely with you. It's a great observation on Jack Stoll. He's going to be a huge weapon for Adrian Martinez this year. It was a career game for Jack. Three catches, 66 yards. That's the high-water mark for him. These tight ends, and I've said this a couple of times throughout the month of August, you're, when this offense gets humming, those tight ends are going to make huge plays because of the way this scheme sets up. Everybody's going to have their concentration set on J.D. or Wandale or the running backs out of the backfield. And those tight ends are going to pop for some big plays. We saw an example of that Saturday with Jack Stoll. Glad that he was brought up. He, he did play an excellent game. And But when you only have 17 snaps in that second half, as you mentioned, it's hard to get the ball spread around uh, to some of those other guys. All right, 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. You can dot us up on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands locations and service experience the difference purchase with confidence this is woodhouse more of your calls and we'll hear some clips from the head coach's press conference from earlier today that's coming up next first of all i think we got to do a better job as a coaching staff of getting us in the right stuff uh, they made some changes in the offseason i think we got a little too schemey with what we were expecting from them and got some other stuff uh, from them they did a really good job um so we got to do a better job as coaching staff. Uh, we got to get the snap issue fixed. That cost us quite a few plays. I think we made some bad decisions. Um, and above all else, to, to fix it, we got to practice well. And I know I sound like a broken record on that, but I'm sure you could tell last week I was pretty pleased with defense on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Offense wasn't anywhere near our standard. You play how you practice. You're not going to all of a sudden show up and play well on Saturday if you didn't execute things on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, good thing is I think we got their ear on that, and uh, today looked really good for a first day with the new game plan. Uh, so, you know, offensively, uh, I got a ton of confidence in our coaching staff. Uh, these guys that I have on offense have done an unbelievable job for a lot of years, putting a lot of points and yards up. Uh, I think they'll find a way. Um, but we got to practice better, and we got a good start on that this week. I think that says pretty well what we were just talking about. You know, it spoke to a lot of the different issues that maybe led to the uncharacteristic offensive performance that we saw. You go back to our Thursday practice report. He said that he goes wasn't very happy with execution on Tuesday, Wednesday. He said, but Thursday was really good. Sometimes it's not good enough, though, when you come out and basically Thursday is kind of a walkthrough for them, and we hear after that. So Tuesday, Wednesdays are the big install days, and those weren't good, and that's kind of how it played out. He was pushed on this topic, man. Why weren't the practices up to a certain standard? I don't know if we were too relaxed. You know, it starts with our quarterback. Um, he's got he's got to be the hardest working guy at practice. 
Uh, I love the kid. He's an unbelievable player. He's going to have a great year. Uh, but he didn't have his best day. He didn't have his best week of practice. Um, same with several of our other leaders on offense. And um, I'll ride with these guys. I know what kind of players they are and what kind of players they can be. Uh, but I don't know if it was uh, us being feeling ourselves a little bit or if it was school starting and us being distracted. I think the coaches, as a coaching staff, we put a little too much new in that might have um, made them think rather than just play fast like we've been seeing all camp. So, um, like I said, that's either that game offensively is either going to be a harbinger of things to come for this season or uh, we're going to look back on it as the best thing that ever happened to us because it was a learning experience. And uh, we got to practice and coach in a way to make it the latter. Certainly hope it's the latter. But the one thing that I appreciate with this coaching staff is they're already looking themselves in the mirror and figuring out what they can do differently as opposed to waiting to the middle of the season to change things up. It's okay, too, to call out your leader. And that leader, that offense, is no doubt it's Adrian Martinez. And he knew it. Boy, if you heard his press conference after the game, he accepted full responsibility. Didn't play well, wasn't prepared, did that. Coach Frost was asked, how has number two responded? He responded today. Um... You know, he, he operated faster, he operated cleaner. Um, when he takes off running, I want to see an eye back in a quarterback uniform. Um, and that's what he can be and what he should be. And I saw that today. So, um, you know, we put him in some bad spots schematically Saturday. Uh, that was our fault as coaches. We put him in some bad spots, not being able to get his eyes where they should have been because he was jumping for a bunch of snaps. Uh, those are things we can get fixed. Um, and I think if we give him a good environment, um, you're going to see the Adrian that we all know and expect. The other thing, Ben, is was what everybody saw, and that's what were the snap issues in the first half from Cam Jurgens making his first start for Nebraska at the center. Here's the coach talking about the snaps. With Cam, it was a matter of not getting reps. Uh, you know, he missed quite a bit of training camp, and um, suppose it's like shooting free throws or any other athletic movement if, if you've done it a million times it's second nature and um, we're certainly going to be taking a look at it and working on it but I've personally never been a center so that's one area of uh, football I don't know a whole lot about it's an area that needs to be addressed everybody in the in the stadium could sense it and and to me that I'll I agree wholeheartedly. That was my thought as it was happening during the game is this guy did not snap the football enough during camp yeah. to come out here and feel comfortable doing it. Right. With a big old nose tackle right on top of him. And, yeah. So I love the comment about when Adrian runs, he wants him to run like an eye back. And, and we saw that last year. You think about the shimmy that he gave you at Kinnick Stadium when he ran over a guy. He even ran over one guy on Saturday. But it just to me, watching Adrian, I had some people out to the game go, has he, is he slower? I don't think it's that he's slower. I just think he was a little hesitant Saturday. And he was maybe confused, maybe not confident in what they were doing. But there was some hesitation to him on Saturday. Not something we've seen with him before. Nope. And, and – the important part is he addressed it, understands it, and knew it. I mean, nobody needed to go up to Adrian and say, hey, you didn't play your best game. I mean, I wish people could have heard him walking out of the locker room and, you know, the, the conversation. You might have even been standing there when he came up and we were chit-chatting mm -hmm. about his performance. And, it, like, I had to talk him off the ledge a little bit. It's like, dude, calm down. Nebraska won the game and yeah. it's just you could tell it just means so much to him and when he doesn't play well it affects him a whole heck of a lot I'm sure he responded and the head coach just talked about a second ago the way we all thought Adrian Martinez would would come back from something like that all right the team has already turned the page they're getting ready for Colorado the Buffaloes look pretty good in the second half of their game on Friday night against Colorado State here's the head coach talking about playing the Buffs People are going to make a lot of, of that stuff. Uh, it was a good game last year. I don't think we played real well. So if our players feel like we should have won, that's the way they should feel. Um, I know there's been a lot of really tough games and a, a heated rivalry between Nebraska and Colorado. The stuff that happened last year, that was a different coaching staff, a different team. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with this. Uh, I'm not crazy about using those types of things as motivation for our team. We should have motivation enough. Um, got a lot of respect for a lot of their players that played well on this field last year. Um, they got a new coaching staff that has proven itself and do a really good job. So 
this game, this year's different. This team's different. Their coaching staff's different. Their team's different. Um, but I think anytime Nebraska plays Colorado, uh, there's going to be a, a little little more juice on both sides. He's not going to make much of last year's game, but the players that, that were made available today were. But they have not forgotten. And this one's been circled, I think, by the players all offseason. Two of the four players I talked to in the locker room show brought up Colorado unprompted. So this was 30 to 40 minutes after their first game, and they were already talking about it. Yeah. So they turned the page quickly. Yes. Well, one of the guys who makes Colorado pretty dangerous is LaVishka Chenault, a terrific wide receiver, maybe an All-American. He is an All-American. He's an NFL wide receiver who Nebraska had a tough time covering a year ago. Here's the head coach talking about Chenault. He had a great game here last year. Uh, He's big, strong, and fast, Um, can block, can run, can catch. Uh, He's one of the better receivers that I've coached against, so we got our hands full with him. And going back to something you brought up in the first segment about getting that first game under your belt and why last year missing out on the Akron game because of the thunderstorm, how it affected the next week with Colorado, here's the head coach talking about now having a game under their belt. It certainly helps. I'm glad we didn't uh, go into a game with Colorado and play the way we played Saturday, at least on one side of the ball. Um, Hopefully we're able to work some of those uh, kinks out and fix some of the problems. And I I think it'll give us a a chance at least to play a lot better in the Colorado game we did a year ago. There you go. Those are some of the highlights from the head coach's press conference earlier today as Nebraska gets ready for their first road trip of the year out to Boulder on Saturday. Time now for the Weekly Breakdown. What a memorable first game at home in the Big Ten Conference. With color analyst and former national champion. All the games played for this historic program. All the great rushing days that we've seen over the years and way beyond my lifetime. And we've seen the best one here today against the top ten team. It's Mondays with Matt Davison on Sports Nightly. Well, before we get into the particulars of the game, it's it's been, what, four months since you were on the air. How would you assess your performance on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the first game, it, it seems like my voice always goes about the third quarter. So the vocal cords were a little worn out by the third quarter. We had a few things to get excited about, so that was good. Um, I, I would say I give myself a B. You were, of course, an A. You You were right on. And I just I have to pick up my game going into week two. You just you haven't seen my inbox. I thought you were I thought you were in <laughs> midseason form. I thought it was good. Well, it was it was a fun day for sure. Um, I thought the fans really brought it. It was a great atmosphere, and it was it was a fun game overall. Obviously, there were a few disappointments, but it was a fun day and always fun to be up in the booth. Man, I love my job. It's good. It wasn't the kind of game we thought we would see, and, and sometimes it, they never are, but you had to be encouraged with what you saw from the defense, right? Five five takeaways in the game, that was pretty good. Yeah, you could tell that, that they had a good offseason. Uh, the guys flew around. I was excited for them. They got some takeaways. We were good in special teams. I mean, those were the positive things of the day. I thought the defensive line played well. I thought Mo Berry obviously flew around, had a bunch of tackles. Uh, the secondary is more deep now than, than we've been in the past, and we were able to overcome an injury with Deontay Williams, and other guys came in played well. Eric Lee played well. Eli Sullivan played well. Um, so, we, you know, Cam Taylor went back there a little bit. So the secondary had a really good day, forced a couple of fumbles, had a couple of picks. Uh, it was a really positive day on that side of the ball. Okay, let's get into the offense because that that wasn't a a good performance and and the head coach and the quarterback have all said that. What did you see? What what, what prevented Saturday from being a good day for the offense? You know, watching the film yesterday morning with with the coaches, it it wasn't as bad maybe as what I thought when I was watching it live. Uh, I thought a lot of guys did a lot of good things. There were just small breakdowns that kind of added up throughout the day. First drive of the game was pretty good. You know, hit the tight end a couple of times, was able to, you know, pound it down the, the field, get it into the end zone, so that was good. But then there were just times where one or two guys weren't doing their job. The offensive line, maybe three or four of the guys would do a good job, and one guy would, would not have a great play. Um, you know, Adrian uh, in the run game did some good things. Uh, 
when it came to decision-making. He also had a few that he probably wishes he had back. And same in the passing game. It was like, you know, we'd have a receiver open, but the pocket would break down or he didn't have time or, or maybe somebody would be open and he didn't see him on that play. And, and so it was just little things throughout the day. It wasn't as bad as I thought after watching the film, but obviously it has to get better. You know, there's just 17 plays in the second half, only a couple of first downs. Um, even with 49 plays in the first half, it wasn't as productive as it needed to be. And and so there's just a lot of room for improvement. Today was a good day of practice. Coach Frost talked about it at the press conference, but they moved around well today. And, and sometimes you learn more from a game like that than you do if you blow somebody out. So I think the guys are, are focused this week, and hopefully we have three good days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here, and, and get ready to, to go on the road. Most of the things you just laid out there, those are fixable, right? I mean, that, that's just like holding your block a little longer or making the right read. Those things can be fixed, correct? For sure, and I think South Alabama did a lot of good things, too. I mean, in game ones, you kind of never know what teams are going to do. We can watch all the film we want from last year, but you just don't know. They came out with some different looks than what we were expecting against certain formations. Uh, I thought they called a good game defensively. They switched things up a lot and gave us a lot of different looks. So I give them a lot of credit for what they were able to do and, and slowing us down. So, but you're right. Uh, there are, there are things, it's not like we're not physically capable. Uh, we're physically capable to do all those things that, that we're asking, asking them to do. We're good enough up front to block it and we're good at quarterback and we're good at receiver and running back. So we have the pieces. It's just putting it together. And, you know, we're going to learn a lot from that game and we won. Right. Um, there's still a lot of positives to take out of that thing with the special teams and with the defense and the takeaways and all of that. And the offense can learn a lot from a game that, that we won. Now, I don't know if we won that, if we would have won that game a year ago with, with the way the offense played. And yet they found a way. There's a bunch of teams around the country that would trade places with us that got upset by teams that were supposedly not supposed to beat them in week one. So uh, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. Matt Davidson is with us. It's our Mondays with Matt segment here on Sports Hunt. Okay, let's turn the page. Colorado week, an old-time rival. that the, the series was resumed last year. Emotional game last year in Lincoln. It was Nebraska's first game. There were some of those first-game mistakes that probably prevented the Oscars from winning that game. Your thoughts about traveling out to Boulder here at the end of the week? Well, it's always fun going out there. Um, you know, it's a it's a beautiful place to play a game. I played in a couple of close ones out there. We broadcast a bunch of games out there over the years. And so it's fun going out there. It is a rivalry to some degree. It's obviously faded a little bit because we don't play them all the time anymore. But they came in here and beat us a year ago. And and now we have a chance to go out there and try to return the favor. It's I know we're going to have a lot of fans out there. I know a bunch of people going. It's going to be a great atmosphere for a game. They're going to be ready for us. They're one to know. It's going to be a big challenge, Greg. It's, but that's what this is all about, right? I mean, all these teams put in the hard work in the off season. We did the same thing, and this is one of those key games in the non-con that you circle and go, okay, this is the early test on the road, and and hopefully our guys come out and play well on Saturday. I think if they play well, we win. But I'm sure Colorado thinks the same thing. It's going to be a good game. Well, all the old saying, you make the most improvement from week one to week two, and Husker fans certainly hoping for that. Do you remember the world-shaking event that happened the last time we did a game in, at Folsom Field? Oh, boy. I don't know if I do. What year? It was, two, <laughs> it was 2009. You and I were getting okay. ready to call the game, and Ron Franklin of ESPN came busting into our booth and goes, did you guys hear about Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods wrecked his car, and then the oh, whole boy. Tiger Woods thing came unfolding after that. But that was the day of that. I remember that. That was the day. I don't remember the game at all, but I remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember now that you say that. Ron Franklin came in, and that was a big day in sports now. That was a big day. Huh. Let's hope uh, it was a negative day because I, I like Tiger. All right, yeah. I want him. I'm glad he's back playing again. But that was a disaster. Uh, I remember now that you say that. Hopefully, nothing like that happens. This year. No, I don't remember the game. I know the Huskers won. I don't remember the game. I remember that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, those little memories in life. Sure. All right, let's pack the bags. Let's go have some fun. Get this thing going. 
going to be great. Thanks, buddy. We highlighted a couple of the defenders who had big games for the Huskers on Saturday. One of those was Cam Taylor Britt, who now has added Britt to his last name to honor a stepfather. You had a chance to hook up with him today at the press conference. Talk about his debut game of the 2019 season. Yeah, really a special day for he and his family. He had a whole bunch of family in town, including his mom. uh, And I'll let him tell the story here in a second. But obviously showing up to the stadium and seeing that that jersey was a long process for him to get that name officially by the courts added to his name. It's something that they've been working on for over a year to add uh, Britt to his last name. So it wasn't just a hey, I want this put on my jersey just because type thing. Um, so Cam Taylor Britt now is what he'd like to be called because that is his official name. And um, I just asked him what it was like you know, to, to kind of celebrate that part of his life, to have his family there, to make some plays, and just all around how special of a day it was for him on Saturday, uh, all leading up to a very successful football game. Yeah, it was a great feeling, you know, just to have that last name on my back, you know, and to make him proud and see my mom, you know, we shed tears after the game. It was great. You had a lot of family here, and I know you know we talked this summer over the phone, and we talked a lot about your family and, and kind of where you came from, how much your family means to you. What, what has this journey kind of meant to them to see you progress as much as you have to you know a freshman coming in and, and not knowing really what you're going to be doing to, to a black shirt a year later? Man, it's just been a crazy roller coaster, honestly. You know, that's why me and my mom were crying after the game. We, uh, we've been through so much together. That's my A1 day one, as we call each other. But yeah, just my, you know, see my family, you know, they're so proud of me right now. You know, I got to keep doing what I'm doing to uh, put on for the city. You know, that's one thing kids from my city, we do, you know, we try to put on for the 334 and put on for your family because a lot of people don't make it out to get to do, you know, the things that we're doing. I saw on Twitter you it was Mac Wilson. Is that was that one of the guys? That's pretty cool. You know, you got you got one of the most up and coming linebackers in the NFL. What, what's the relationship there? Nah, I, we really don't you know have a close relationship and things. But you know, when I went to uh, you know visits to Alabama and things, we would hang and stuff. He was you know my host and things. And then he went to Carver High School in Montgomery, so I got to watch him play. I never got to play against him because I had you know got injured and things. So, but yeah, you know that that's a big big deal. You know, he he's up and coming in the league right now. Let's go back to what we were talking about, you know, the, your name change and, and, and how, you know, fans, that we, they see you on the field of Saturdays, but you guys are people, you know, there's, there's a lot more than this than just, you know, sacking the quarterback or whatever. What was the emotion, you know, when you show up in the locker room and see that jersey hanging up for you? I just stared at it for a minute and then uh, I, I called my mom immediately and she got on the phone and she was just like crying. And I was like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And then she showed my dad and he was like, bro like I love you you know that that's because he doesn't have any kids you know he's always called us his kids you know because you know they've been together for a minute and you know just to make him proud you know that's something I love to do and then obviously you get to come out and play football that day too and anybody that knows you knows how much you just love being out there always smiling what was the feeling you know coming out of that tunnel again knowing your role is going to be so much different this year than it was last year uh I was just shocked, you know, just coming out, you know, knowing that I have to have an impact on this team for real, for real this year, you know, uh, to come out here, you know, with that last name. And then, you know, people looking at me like, who is that? You know, it says Taylor, but, you know, where's the brick coming from? And just to show out and help this team win, you know, I love it. Coaches spoke very highly of you all fall camp with your leadership being such a young young player. It's not something that comes naturally to a lot of players to be, you know, kind of a vocal leader and an on-field leader. Where does that come from for you? You know, you already talked about your mom and your family. Is that something that, that goes back to when you were a kid or just when you started playing sports? Or where, where does that come from? Uh, I always wanted to be the leader. And anything we did, you know, I always wanted to count the feet when we play hide-and-go-seat or, <laughs> or something like that. But, uh, you know, that leadership always been a big thing for me just because uh, I have been playing sports, you know, basketball, track, baseball, football. You know, I always try to do it all. But um, I always try to be the leader that leads by example. And it's always stuck with me. And like my mom said, you know, uh, God gave you that gift, so use it. You're here at Nebraska, obviously playing significant snaps. You go through all the hard work in the summer and you start to see some of that paying off on the field on Saturdays. Now that you know, you're a few days after the fact, I know you guys have already turned the page to Colorado, but to see some of that success come out on the field and, and make some big plays and electrify the stadium that we're looking at right now full of 90,000, what's that feel like? It was amazing, honestly. Uh, I've come a long way and my mom, she tells me that all the time, you know, just a year ago, I didn't know a lot about playing DB. 
you know, I was very physical always and always loud and, you know, goofy and things like that. But that part is that DB part, you know, and being that dog at DB, it wasn't always fully, you know, there because I had to learn the plays and and just try to focus up while being on the field. I wasn't loose having fun on the field. Now I'm playing loose and, you know, giving it everything I got, playing full speed. You mentioned a little while earlier that, you know, the DB room, you guys are a brotherhood, and I could see that, how close you guys are. You did lose one on Saturday with Deontay. How's he holding up and, you know, everything that you get through fall camp and you get hurt, in the, you know, early in the game? How have you guys kind of helped console him and, and get him back in a, in a good spot? Man, he's great, honestly. You know, he's out there. He's he's letting us know everything's going to be all right, y'all. You, we got this, you know. Uh, we just tell him, you know, we got your back as well. You know, we God got you for one. You know, that's one thing we try to keep first in our group. You know, we try to, uh, you know, send each other messages and things like that to just try to stay close. Even when I was going through things, you know, they would, they would come and talk to me and send me messages and things. You know, it's just a family vibe like that. But, man, he's going to be all right. Colorado didn't go the way anybody wanted it to last year and you know everybody's talking about it, the players the coaches you guys have been talking about this game for a while how's it feel to finally be in Colorado game week you know getting ready and, and going to their house this time honestly it came pretty fast now I was hoping it come fast because we owe them you know uh, we beat ourselves last year with some some crazy plays but we we're going to fix them and we're going to get it Walk us through your relationship with Coach Chin. You know, he, he had some some uh, words. He was asked about you, obviously, being a black shirt this this year, this last week, and said you could play five different positions on the defense. What's what's your relationship like with him? You know, you walk by him in the hallway. What's the interaction going to be like? Man, he's always joking around. You know, he always has a smart remark to say or something like that. But, yeah, Coach, me and Coach Chin have a great relationship. He was always at my school making sure, you know, my grades were good, you know, trying to make sure I would qualify and things like that. He's always had my back through any and everything. But, yeah, our relationship is great, man. I wouldn't ask for, a, you know, a better defensive coordinator or, you know, coach or anything like that, you know, except, you know, Coach Fish because I'm always with him. But, man, me and Coach uh, Chin, we have a great relationship. He's probably happy because you weren't the only one that was making plays on Saturday. There's a whole bunch of you. And there was a senior, you know, in, in your group back there, Ely, that, that had not only his first career pick, but then trumped it with his second. You told me after the game you guys are having a competition. How cool is that just to see a guy who's, you know, been through so much in his career to, to, to have that moment in the season opener? Man, he put in the work, so, you know, he has to get that reward, and that reward was those two picks, man. To take one to the house on your first one, that's something else, man. I was trying to top it, but, you know, one of my, my old friends, he got me. But, yeah, we just it's, it's just crazy to have him, you know, do what he did on Saturday, and I know he's going to keep going. It's another wrinkle, South Alabama. You probably knew a handful of those guys. Yes, yes, I did. One of them was, you know, Jared Wilson. He was the running back that actually face-masked me, but it wasn't called. But it's all good. At the end of the day, we got the W. Then uh, now that you're in the full swing of game week, the fall camp part's gone. It's very structured, you know, your week of practice. How are you going about, you know, watching film, taking care of your body and doing things that you need to do in just a very small, small period? You had six months to prepare for this last one. You got six days to prepare for Colorado. We just try to get in as a group and things and watch film, you know, anytime that we can. We try to uh, text each other and see what our schedules are looking like. But uh, also we got to take care of our body. So if we're not in the film room, we try to get in the training room, ice tubs, boots and things like that just to take care of our body, you know, keep us fresh. Well, it was fun watching you on on, on uh, Saturday, Cam. And I got to admit, you know, Stanley Morgan was atop the Mama's Boy scale for the longest time. I think you might have him beat. That's, that's a good that's a good title to have. Stan was very proud of his mom, and, and obviously you are as well. Hopefully she had a great time while here. she was here in Lincoln. Get to watch you play again. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Welcome back. Sports Island here on a Monday night. Happy Labor Day to everyone. First full weekend of college football, not quite in the books yet. They're still playing one game, Notre Dame-Louisville, 14-all nearing the half. One guy I'm sure has got his hand all over it is Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. Adam, I know you were down in Arlington for a pretty good football game Saturday night. What do you think of the Oregon-Auburn matchup? Yeah, Greg, I'm one for one as far as finishes. I, I told the Auburn folks as we were walking out the field that the two Auburn games I've covered were the uh, – the, the miracle of Jordan Hare when, when they, they the game before the kick six when they beat Georgia. 
on an incredible play, and then that come back against uh, against Oregon. So they, they need to have me at every game because it's always an exciting finish and usually an Auburn win. And, you know, what a comeback by the Tigers who really were outplayed for much of the game. You know, they looked slower. They, they, they weren't winning a line of scrimmage. You know, they made some really good adjustments at halftime, I thought. And, and really after that opening drive by Oregon, they, Oregon couldn't do a whole lot uh, on offense. But I didn't think Auburn had enough of, of its own offense. And credit to Gus Malzahn and, and the young quarterback, Bo Nicks for, 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 not, uh, for not losing confidence and remaining aggressive right until the end. I mean, a lot of coaches would just take the field goal opportunity there. And Gus Malzahn goes for the win uh, as far as the touchdown, and it works out. So great win for Auburn and a really tough loss for Oregon. But I, th- I was kind of impressed with Oregon. I, I think they're going to be a factor in that Pac-12, don't you? Oh, without a doubt. I think they may be the most talented team in the league, um, you know, just in terms of how Mario Cristobal is recruited. They have an outstanding quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think anyone who hadn't seen him play, uh, you know, could see why the NFL scouts are so excited about his ability. And I thought defensively they played a really good game, especially in their front seven. And so there's certainly some positives. It's just so difficult for a league that's looking for, you know, reputation boost um, to, 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 to not find a way to win. But I think Oregon is a, a, certainly a threat in the Pac-12 and, and a team that I wouldn't be surprised at all to see playing for a league championship. Although the division is very competitive with Washington and Stanford and, and even Cal. Washington State's a very good team, so uh, they'll have some tough tests along the way. Adam, it was an uneven weekend, wasn't it, for the SEC? I mean, that was a good win for the SEC, but... Um, there, there were some losses in that league that have your head scratching a little bit. Yeah, I think uneven is a very kind way of putting it, just because you know you don't expect the SEC to lose to teams, especially Georgia Southern with Tennessee. That was the big stunner. Tennessee just you know, hasn't had a loss like that maybe ever, at least in recent memory. Even though the program's been down, um, to lose to a lower level Sun Belt team, you know, at home and get pushed around was was not good. Uh, you saw the, uh, the the loss by Missouri against Wyoming on the road. Now that's a tough place to play. I think uh, you know Purdue had that a little bit where they go out to Nevada and struggle and uh, to struggle to finish the game. And, and Missouri uh, really had a hard time against a pretty good Wyoming team. And then you have you know, South Carolina losing to North Carolina. That was a bit of a stunner because North Carolina is seemingly in a rebuild with Mac Brown as their new coach. But, you know, Mac, the magic, it seems to be back a little bit. And he's got an exciting young quarterback in, in Sam Howell, who I really like. So it's, uh, you know, it wasn't a good start for sure for the SEC. But it's an interesting conversation, Greg, that I've had. And I know you and I have had it. Does it really matter what your mid to lower level teams do? as long as your top teams win, as long as right. your top teams look good. And Alabama looked good, and LSU looked really good, and Texas A&M looked really good, and obviously Auburn had the biggest win. So does it really matter if those you know teams that aren't going to be playing for much as far as anything nationally, if they lose games? I don't think it matters that much. Tough start for season two for Willie Taggart. Um, I, I yes. can't imagine Florida State fans are real thrilled right now. They're not. I mean, again, it's, they did not look as inept as they did in last year's opener against Virginia Tech. In fact, they were uh, incredibly exciting to watch in the first half. Um, Kendall Bryles' offense was, was rolling, and they were moving up and down the field, and James Blackman was making plays, and Cam Akers, who's a terrific running back, who will play, I think, a long time in the NFL. He looked great, but it was interesting. I had a, a former ACC defensive coach text me when, when Florida State was up and said, listen, their defense is going to wear out because they're just not on the field very long with the Bryles offense. And lo and behold, when Boise State you know, kind of steadied itself and their young quarterback got going, uh, Florida State's defense couldn't get off the field, couldn't make enough stops, couldn't fall on the football uh, when, when they needed to near their own goal line. And so a uh, really, really tough loss. And you know, they just saw today Willie Taggart talking about that the, the trainers have to make sure that they're hydrated a little bit better. That, 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 that's, again, a sign of, 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 hey, what's going on here? You're, you're Florida State. You know the weather. Uh, you, you shouldn't have a hydration issue in your game. Just like last year, you shouldn't have 10 players on the field in your last game against Florida a couple of times. So they're, they're, just, they're just signs of dysfunction there that are still lingering, even though they looked overall a lot better uh, in their opener against Boise than they did against Virginia Tech. Adam Rittenberg is with us from ESPN.com. All right, let's, look, let's turn the page and look ahead of this next weekend. By far, the best matchup is LSU at Texas. What intrigues you about this matchup? 
Oh, so many things. Um, I think there's some great coaching matchups. I think the quarterback matchup is fascinating. We all know about Sam Ellinger and, you know, him possibly being on the Heisman radar. You know, he's a, he's ideally what Tom Herman wants at quarterback, a big guy who can run the ball. And he, he, he's a, he's a confident guy, maybe borderline cocky at times, but uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he's got reason to be. They, they, they should be an excellent offense this year. And then there's optimism on the other side uh, with Joe Burrow, the Ohio State transfer in his second year as the LSU quarterback had a Great debut last week against Georgia Southern, and you know they they've got a lot of talent on the offense, and Texas is rebuilding a little bit defensively. But I think the great matchup here, Greg, are are two alums of, of Tiny Cal Lutheran, and that's uh, that's Dave Aranda, who's the defensive coordinator at LSU, the highest paid assistant coach in the country, going up against Tom Herman. Both of them went to Cal Lutheran in Southern California. And they're both incredibly smart coaches, uh, great tacticians, and it's going to be fun to see how you know, those two units match up because LSU's so talented on defense with you know, Grant Delpit and uh, you know, young freshman Derek Stingley Jr. in the secondary and some good pieces up front. And then we know about Ellinger and, uh, and that receiving core and, and Tom Herman's scheme. So that, that's what I can't wait to see, who wins that chess match between two guys who went to a small college in Southern California. Yeah. All right, um, another game that, that's got my interest, it comes back into the Big Ten, and that's Ohio State taking on Luke Fickle's Cincinnati Bearcats. I thought the Bearcats did a nice job taking care of UCLA last Thursday night. Give, do you give them any chance in the horseshoe? Well, it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to be very aggressive in terms of going after Justin Fields. Um, you know, they, There's a belief out there that, if you can if you can make him beat you throwing the ball, you've got a chance. And Cincinnati is very talented on that side of the ball. Uh, that's where Luke Fickle's specialty is. You know, he's obviously an Ohio State guy, longtime assistant, former player. Marcus Freeman, who's a defensive coordinator, former player, uh, linebacker for Ohio State. So there's going to be no motive, no shortage of motivation for for that coaching staff and this team. You know, many of which are you know Ohio area guys who probably wish they they could have been in Scarlet and Gray. So um, I know they 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 did a nice job defensively. I thought last week against UCLA, but it was an overall sloppy game, and, and Luke Pickle acknowledged that. So they're going to have to play a lot cleaner. But I like their young quarterback Desmond Ritter. It was kind of a, a surprise last year as a freshman. You know, he's a sophomore, looked pretty good in their opener. And so um, yeah, I think this is going to be Ohio State's toughest test of the non-conference. And um, I'm I'm excited to see how Justin Fields performs against, I think, a much better defense than he saw against FAU. All right, and, and what I, I think is kind of a skimpy weekend. Anything else have your attention around the country? Well, I, I think your game is, is interesting with Nebraska-Colorado. Um, you know, Huskers had some issues last week, uh, and I, you know, they're going to have to play better because Colorado, I think, is really energized with Mel Tucker. And, um, you know, you saw the offensive production they had against Colorado State. and you know, Nebraska's defense was, I'd say, just okay against South Alabama. So that, that's an interesting one. I'm going to be at the Michigan Army game, which is, you know, interesting. If you remember last year, Army gave Oklahoma – all sorts of trouble because they shortened the game. Oklahoma's offense barely got on the field. So I'm interested to see how you know, Michigan's more talented on defense. I expect they'll be a little bit better prepared. But um, you know, Jeff Munkin's done such a great job as Army's head coach in reviving that program. I think he's going to be a guy to watch out for uh, in terms of Power 5 opportunities in the near future. And, uh, and they're obviously going into the big house kind of with nothing to lose and a veteran offense. And so excited to see that, especially with uh, – with this new offense of Michigan looking pretty good in their opener. Well, enjoy that one. I think that will be interesting. Adam, we appreciate it. We'll talk again next Monday. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. All right, tomorrow night here on the program, we'll have a practice report. We'll hear tomorrow from the defensive coaches. They should be pretty pumped up after what took place over the weekend. John Cook in studio tomorrow night, along with John Banner for another Nebraska volleyball show. Now you've seen that team play a couple of matches. Get your calls and comments ready for the head volleyball coach. It's Tuesday. That means top 10 Tuesday headed your way and we'll have all the day's headlines coming at you tomorrow night here on the program full show tonight heard from scott frost of those press conference cuts matt davison joined us with our mondays with matt cam taylor Britt, who had a big game on saturday for the huskers with a sack that forced a fumble for a touchdown also a pick and adam rittenberg joined us here in our number three